welcome back to uh, Rolling with the Punches. We're here on episode nine. You're joined by myself, Ben Bertels. As always, we're joined by Connor Picken. How you doing, mate? All right, my son. You know what? We've been getting so much shit for this introduction. So let's just uh, keep it simple and now. I'm all good, mate. Yeah, yeah. We'll just rattle on, mate, we'll, uh, quickly. Uh, but listen, today we've got a... Uh, uh, we're very excited to have Jordan Reynolds. Uh, we've recorded an interview this week and, and, and we're going to... We're going to show you that in this week's episode. Um, and, and after that, we're going to touch a little bit on um, the White-Pavetkin uh, rematch and obviously uh, White's big win, um, uh, as well as reviewing a few other a few other cards. So um, enjoy. I'm delighted to say that we're joined by the former Team GB boxer and current unbeaten professional, Jordan Reynolds. Jordan, how's it going, mate? All good, mate. Yourself? Not too bad, mate. Um, we wanted to just start, really, with your, with your last fight against uh, Robbie Chapman. Obviously, you made your debut. Um, Robbie was calling you out a little bit in the amateurs and, and obviously leading up to the fight. How did you assess your performance in the end? Yeah, with the calling out stuff, it was just uh, nothing personal, just business, you know. Uh, I know Robbie's he's a nice kid, he's a nice, genuine kid, to be fair. But he's always been after me. And performance-wise, yeah, I can't really complain. Eight out of ten for me. You know, I ain't been in the ring for two years, but I showed a bit of everything. My boxing skills, my reflexes, I got hit about three times. And I showed that I can punch a bit as well. So, um, which I nearly, I nearly had him out of there in the second round. His legs went, but I just stayed disciplined and controlled. And my my amateur pedigree kind of came through uh, what to do in that you know situation. So I did I didn't really rush anything. I just stuck behind the jab. And uh, what what's next for you, mate? Um, sorry, Connor. What's next for you? Um, is it is it Nathan Heaney? I saw you called him out after the fight. Is there is there anything particular you've got your eyes on? Yeah, listen. Obviously, the fight for him don't make sense because David my second fight be his title fight. But my 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 debut was harder than his last fight, and, and he's on like eleven for twelve fights. You know what I mean? So yeah, listen, he's he is what I'm gunning for. But I'm I'm sitting down with the team. I'm back in London now. I'm looking to maybe even drop a weight to super welterweight. You know, more competitive. So yeah, we're, we're gonna kind of move from there. But I, I should be out of fighting in June. I mean, that, that's really interesting because that, that Robbie Chapman fight, I think it was really good because that's something we're now seeing in the pandemic, isn't it? It's more kind of even fights. Um, and so obviously for him to have six wins under his belts, you know, and kind of less losses at the time, it's uh, it's really impressive. What do you make of lockdown boxing? I suppose you probably got asked this quite a lot, but what was... Nah, nah, do you know what? I think um, I think it's great. I think it's kind of... It's like, a throw, it's like throwbacks now. Like back in the day... You know, it's been 50-50 fights, you know what I mean, back in the day. So it's kind of it's kind of all brought that back into now, you know, the best fights the best. And listen, like, and it's it's so it should be. Do you know what I mean? Lads working class nine times out of ten, it's working class people who go watch the boxing. So they're going out to, you know, work and, and spend their hard earned money. So why not give them the fights they want? So simple as that, really. I think um this is what we're in the game for. Do you know what I mean? Great answer. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm sure Ben does too. Yeah, definitely. And um, I was just going to sort we we had a, a Team GB fighter on recently who's on the Podium Potential squad. I just kind of wanted to get your take on sort of how, how you think those experiences are going to help you going forward and what you can take really from that that elite level amateur boxing into the pros. Yeah, like, so little things. Just the little things will make the big differences. So, like, when you're going to abroad to Russia and whatnot with Team GB... You don't really know who you're boxing. And my last tournament, I boxed five people in a week and everyone had different styles. And so 
I know that I can adapt to whatever style. I know I can box. I can have a, I can have a war. I can counter box. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you need to do that in the pros because it's twelve rounds. Sometimes you know they adapt in the ring throughout the fight. So that that helps. You know what I mean? But going away, the nerves, how to control. You, you kind of know what works for you. How to prepare for a fight. But the pro games is is a, is a completely different game as well. So I'm still learning. You never stop learning in this game. Anyway. And then I also want to touch upon there because you, you mentioned um, uh, kind of obviously you might drop down to Super Welter. So kind of who do you rate kind of obviously apart from yourself kind of prospect wise maybe in middle and kind of Super Welter. Can I give me someone you've got your eye on at the moment because they're two really exciting. Yeah, like, no, I haven't like really. So basically, at this so lately because I've been so competing at middleweight. So I've been looking at. Who's seven area? Who's seven area champion? And then I've just been told that I might be going down to super well weight. So I've been looking at you know who's seven area champion there. So I'm kind of looking at the first titles I'll be fighting first. So on my third or fourth fight, I want to be fighting for seven area title. So I, my that's that's my you know main goal. But mm. yeah, listen, like domestically, them weights are popping, mate. They're, they're, they're popping. They're busy. They're it's competitive. But yeah, listen, the pro game. It's, it's dangerous. The little gloves, the 10 ounce gloves. If you know, we've seen it a few months back with White. He switched off for half a second and he got, you know, knocked clean clean out. So every fight is dangerous. Every fight's, you know, you've got to be 100 percent But I'm thinking literally my goal is one step at a time and it's each tile at a time. So the, the first vision is the Southern Era tile. I like to get that by the end of the year, if I'm honest. So but we'll see how I'll make the weight first and, and whatnot. So yeah. And that, is that really important to you then? Because I know for a lot of fighters, we talked about it before, is that they they kind of don't go down the traditional route. Like for me, that's kind of almost lost. Like, yeah. and a lot of fighters, I really love the idea of Southern area, British kind of, and going and maybe then, you know, kind of you want to go Commonwealth, European and kind of moving upwards. Yeah. So but a lot of fighters, they're kind of calling out guys, you know, who might be uh, kind of 30, you know, you know, we saw Solomon Dakers in, in heavyweights. I mean, for you, is it? I, I think it's taking step by step at a time. Is that what you're looking to do? Yeah, for sure. Listen, if it listen, it's got to make sense as well for me. It's, it's a business as well, so you know what I mean. So whatever makes sense, but ideally in my head, let's get the southern area, let's defend it twice, win it outright. Let's get the English, defend it twice, win it outright. British, do you know what I mean? Bang it bang out because don't get me wrong. I need a couple of fights at the weight or whatever, and then straight in. Straight in, straight into it, and that's what that's what does the amateurs. And the amateurs had two. I started boxing at sixteen. I had two fights, and then they chucked me in the, in, the, in the ABAs. And I was boxing kids with 70, 60, 70 fights, world number twos, and things like that. And I was beating them, and if not, I was getting to the final. So, like, I've been in this situation before. So, yeah, let's get you know a little feel through, and then let's let's crack on, mate. Because, yeah, listen, I'm I'm not here to. I, it doesn't make sense to me having fifteen fights, fifteen wins, and you're still staying at rank. 30 to 40. Do you know what I mean? Boston lads, we've had six wins and 100 losses. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No point. I, uh, I wanted to take you sort of all the way back to the beginning of it. Just to just the beginning of your your sort of amateur career and, and growing up in Luton. And I read something recently on BBC Sport about you actually and, and how much boxing did for you. How, how can you sort of put it into words what boxing's done for you in your life? Yeah, listen, boxing is it's a semicolon. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's... I would be in. I don't know what I don't know what I'd be doing. Do you know what I mean? I'd probably be doing. I'd be doing the negative path. To be honest, I'm very. I'm extremist. I'm either 
up here, positive or down here. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, boxing gave me that. It built me, built me into a man, built me how to you know, speak to people, discipline, respect. I can't, it's choosing the right, and it's the choice I've made to stick out boxing that's kind of got me out of trouble. Like, there's been, there's been, you know, when I moved away and Oh, so 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 listen, so it's it's a mad it's a mad old game boxing. Do you know what I mean? It's a mad old game, but yeah, boxing um boxing built me into a man, if you honest, mate. And then that I suppose talking about boxing kind of building into your man and, and taking you kind of forward for for your professional career going forward. Do you? Oh, it's probably quite a tricky question to ask. Do you want to stay kind of on MTK? Do you? Is there any promoters out there that kind of catch your eye? Or yeah, that's just, so the plan is right. I'm 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 managed MTK, my manager. So I thought to myself, instead of being stuck with one one promoter, MTK that they're very strong, powerful management. So I can jump on the BT Sports, the Sky Sports, and, and go 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 over more. Do you know I, mean? so I thought to myself, why not do a year of that, and then I'll be worth more, and I'm not, I'll, I'll got more for say. Do you know what I mean? So then I'll go with Eddie Hearns and whatnot. So. I'm in no rush. Like, like, as long as I'm fighting, I'm busy, I'm getting paid. It don't matter. I'm climbing the rankings. It, it don't really matter for me, mate. Like, you get lads that want to jump onto the Eddie Hearns or, or Sky Sports ASAP to walk around and go, oh, I'm, with, I'm with Matt Drew. But they're probably, they're probably not even get looked after or, or they're probably... They're probably, probably not even getting... Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their contracts are. So, like, do you know what I mean? So, it, it makes sense for me what I'm doing. MTK are very, very strong. That's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Ben, you'd agree, like, as we've seen, kind of, I suppose, MTK's shows have kind of really shone in, in lockdown, and I'm, mm. I'm really, really impressed with them, so. Uh, yeah, there's, during this time as well, like, they've, they've adapted and they've evolved, do you know what I mean? And that's what it's about, and, 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 I, and I've come through with the goods, and listen, I'm a working-class kid, building back up, they're just giving me opportunities, can't, can't thank them enough, so... We just got. I just got to play my part as well. Do you know what I mean? And, and deliver and perform. And uh, I've seen you're a big West Ham fan, uh, Jordan. And uh, obviously, growing up in Luton, you're naturally going to mobilise a few fans from from there. How excited are you to get in front, out in front of the fans? Obviously, you've only boxed now in front of the uh, behind closed doors. So, how excited are you to get out and, and box in front of some of your fans? I can't wait. Listen, I've got the whole. I've got listen. I've got. I get messages all around the country, mate. I've, I've, I've as an amateur, I can, I can sell your call. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've been selling six hundred tickets, so it's gonna be it's gonna be class. Like you know, I booked for West Ham um, as an amateur. I built a big following down in the East End, so I've got the whole Luton, I've got the whole East End, Essex all behind me, and I've got this. I've got the North East. I've got, I've got some great support, and one weekend, one weekend start getting the crowds in. It's gonna be some big nights ahead, like. And that's what I'm in it for. Like I want to have, I want to leave a great legacy. And my dream is, yeah, don't get me wrong, when he's told and that, but like, it's to bring the back of the hand days and where you can just walk out and you've got you sell out these arenas. Then, 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 like, you go back and you know have a few beers with the whole crowd or, or, or just be a beer among them if, if I'm drinking, just be among everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it's all about. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be some real, real big nights ahead. Like, and it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be a buzz, mate. It's gonna be crazy. And you, uh, you mentioned Nathan Heaney was after the fight a little bit, and obviously he has a big Stoke City following. So, how excited would you be at the prospect of maybe getting you two together and having Stoke there, West Ham there, and your Luton following? That that oh, would be a massive night. Yeah, mate, it makes sense. I mean, that's the promoter's dream. So, 
So I'm sure you can agree, Connor, that that uh, interview was brilliant and, and great to hear from Jordan. 100%, mate. Um, a proper bloke. And I look forward to getting him on a few months down the line after he's had a few more fights and following his journey. Well, listen, there was so much action this weekend and we could probably go on for days uh, talking about the BT card. You know, Willie Hutchinson took a loss to Lennox Clark. That was a, a big shock. Um, and a, a big stacked uh, undercard from Eddie Hearn, which which we both enjoyed. Um, but I think we'll just start really uh, with Ted Cheeseman and um, his big win against JJ Metcalf uh, for the British. Um, what did you make of it, Connor? Mate, uh, what a fight. I mean, I'm just such a big uh, Cheeseman fan. Uh, I think at the, at the age of 25, to been through however many wars he's been through. I, I really think he deserves a, an easy fight next. But JJ Metcalf, as gamers, can be really strong. Um, what a chin, I think. Cheeseman kind of, he showed his class a bit, kind of, as he realised he was kind of getting into deep water himself, drowning a tiny bit, he kind of pulled out the bag. And um, I'm really excited for the cheese. You know, obviously he just got, um, did you see, I think about an hour ago, uh, the British Boxing Board of Control just announced him as a contest of the year, him versus the egg um, for last year's fight. So I think uh, there's only really great things coming his way and I'm a big fan. Yeah, he just, his style, um, obviously probably with the ex exclusion of um, the Scott Fitzgerald fight where he got on his toes a bit more and, and boxed, I think Ted just att attracts those wars and toe-to-toe and -toe battles. And I think that's just something about him where he's always going to be involved in good fights, um, no matter at, at what level. Um, yeah, really happy for Ted as well, mate, for sure. He's, as we've spoken about before in here, those Kieran Conway and um, Scott Fitzgerald decisions were, were, were close and, and, and probably Ted, Ted nicked both of them. Um, so, you know, happy for him to be the British champion again and, and, and can now move forward and, and get some even bigger fights. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll... Uh, I mean, I really... I think he deserves a tick-over fight, but I don't think he's going to get that because now he's at a progression in his career where he can't because he's so close to taking those international fights. He's so close to getting what he wants. I think uh, next fight's going to be Fowler, probably. I mean, that's going to be fucking hell. What a war that will be. And then hopefully after that fight, that's the last domestic fight for him. And then he'll move on international. We'll see him some, some really big fights. I hope so, because he deserves it. Yeah, I think Super Wells is so strong, mate. You know, you've got Fitzy. He's coming back now um, after a layoff. Fowler's, you know, just shown what he can do, really, at the weight. Um, he, he's excellent in his own right. Ted's there. JJ Metcalf will be back and, um, and stronger. I, I think he's a good fighter. I think he was exhausted in the back end of that fight um, and paid the price. Um, yeah, he, he seems he seems like he could be a force to be reckoned with. But yeah, so many good domestic matchups there, um, and, and I'm looking forward to them. And sort of moving on now, we, we've got so many uh, fights from that car that we can talk about. We could touch on, you know, Congo taking a bit of a devastating loss. We also had uh, Fabio Wardley um, against Eric Molina, didn't we, on the weekend? A, a bit of a strange one, that. Um, I know I thought Fabio Wardley got caught uh, a, few, a few too many times for, for the level of fight he was fighting, but nonetheless, good experience. Um, and good to see Ricky in his corner, just adding that, that extra voice. Um, again, there was loads of fights on the BT card. Obviously, we saw Pavel Sauer and Nathan Gorman. A big fight maybe for Nathan Gorman with David Adelaide, which we also saw a fight on Friday night. So again, there was so much boxing this weekend. Um, and uh, obviously probably important to mention before we, we do the white review, the, the big action this weekend. Um, we've got, now I'm going to try and say his name right, Akma Delayev against Iwasa for the unified super bantamweight title. Um, and then Frampton's obviously taking on Herring in a, a big fight for him, the WBO world super featherweight title. Um, and in his, his sort of bid to, to become a three-weight world champion and make history. Um, but let's move on to White Povetkin because I know that's that's what we're here to talk about. So, Connor, take it away, mate. What did you make of, of, of the action on the weekend? Mate, what a fight. I mean, 
just going back to uh, to the fight, he, he took off from where he left off last time. But just before he got knocked out by Povetkin, it was um, it was something else. But to be honest, I did I did feel like Povetkin wasn't himself. He almost looked now watching it back. He almost looked off balance on the way into the the fucking ring. Do you know what I mean? I mean, in the first round, I thought he got clipped by a jab almost, was off balance. I don't know. I don't know if Povetkin was at his peak, but he is 41, and I'm happy for Dillian White at the end of the day, mate. Well, how do you break it down? I think the best place to start really in breaking down this one is probably with Povetkin. Um, I think it's time for him to retire, to be quite honest. Um, you know, he retires a 41-year-old former Olympic and world champion. Um, you know, there's no shame in retiring now. I think there's something to be said, maybe, and there was a lot of talk of, uh, of it in sort of the build-up uh, with long COVID and the effects that maybe he took on from COVID. You know, he, he did look an old man, but, you know, I think that's, it's almost an obvious answer and, and, and you can be a bit of an aftertimer by by stating it, if that makes sense. I think, it, you know, it's, it's a bit obvious. He's 41. He still, he still would have carried carry that power. Um, and then in terms of Dillian's performance, um, I thought it was composed. I thought he did exactly what he needed to. I think the early rounds, he probably took a few too many chances at close quarters and Povetkin missed by half an inch at times. But like you just said, Povetkin's feet, uh, they weren't steady for, you know, any of that fight. And um, I think one thing in particular that sort of Harold Knight's worked on with with Dillian is, is the jab and the variation of it. And I think those jabs to the top of the head on the way in with Povetkin, because he loved to come forward, it just completely, it became completely unsteady for Povetkin as a result of those shots. Um, and then he wasn't, I mean, obviously he caught Povetkin a few times in the, in the lead up to the finish. I mean, it was pretty brutal. I think Victor Lachlan told BBC, the BBC, you know, the referee on the night said to the BBC on, on at the edge of Gibraltar Airport on the way home that uh, it just looked so brutal and it was one of the most brutal fights he'd ever been involved in. Um, at close quarters, yeah, it was just, Dillian's power was disgusting. Um, and yeah, he was composed. He was measured as we said he would be. And, and yeah, he just got the job done, mate. Uh, he didn't really need to make too many adjustments, as we said, got the job done. And um, yeah, I think he'll be he'll be looking to sort of fight, you know, Wilder or, or Ruiz or maybe get Trevor Bryant in the ring. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on kind of what's next for him, mate? Yeah, well, I mean, Eddie Hearn, I watched an interview, I think it was yesterday. And he went, um, you know, Dylan White has been in wars. And although I agree with it, because he has been, like, he no matter what fight, it's going to be a war because that's his fighting style. Like he, he, he's war, you know what I mean? He is maximum violence, right? But he has been in with the likes of Oscar Rivas, Marius Wack. I, I, I just want to keep seeing him keep on stepping up because AJ probably hasn't had a hard fight since Charles Martin. Do you know what I mean? He, he's just gone after step by step by step. And for Dillian White, I don't really want to see him box Trevor, uh, Trevor Bryan, to be honest. I, I, I feel like that's kind of, it's almost a, a disrespect to, to Dylan White's skill. I don't, I don't know if he, I mean, I'm not a fighter. Yet. I can't talk about whether he deserves an easy fight or not really because getting in the ring at the end of the day, but I just want to see him going up through the gears now non-stop really. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you offered me the Andy Ruiz or, or Wilder fights, I, I, I would want to take them in a heartbeat. Uh, I think he can beat both of them. I'm sure you agree. Uh, the, the Wilder fight is dangerous for for White, for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I would favour White in that fight. I think um, those big wigging shots, I'd like to see, you know, when he comes forward, what, what Wilder would do on the way back. Um, the Ruiz fight, I think, is a cracker because Ruiz has such fast hands. Um, obviously, we're going we're gonna to be so excited, aren't we, to see him box Ariola and, and see what adjustments Eddie Reynoso has made with him. But I think both of those fights have got to excite anyone. 
Um, do you see a white win in both of those instances, or do you think Ruiz would be tough for him or Wilder? What do you reckon? Yeah, so I, I see definitely. I think he'd definitely beat uh, Wilder. Obviously, Wilder is a dangerous fighter every second. You know, what I mean, White has to be good for every minute he's in the ring with him. Wilder, it is a split second, but. I think uh, White's got his number. As long as he puts on him the pure aggression, he can rough him up. Ruiz, he worries me a lot. I, I think, I think he. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what. Ask me this question after we see his fight, uh, his fight against Chris. But I just, I'm scared because his fast hands, when he starts trading, I think they come from angles you don't even almost see. Um, and I think the key for Andy Ruiz in that fight would be to work work his belly because he's got a big enough one. So he'd have to work downstairs to his belly, mate. And he'd have, because that, that's the key, I think, to beat Ruiz. You, I don't think you can really trade headshots with him because his hands are too fast. So that's the key for me in that fight. But I don't know. I don't know. I think the other thing we saw about White this week, weekend a little bit is he's got such an underrated jab, mate. Um, you know, I, I actually underestimated the power of his jab. Um, it's accurate, it's sharp, he throws it with good variation. And I really like that Harold Knight combination. You know, like every time, I don't know if you noticed this, but every time, you know, White landed one of those jabs and landed it with spite in particular, you'd hear massive cheers from, from White's corner. And I think that's good signs. Um, you know, I think White's great when he comes in, charges in, you know, maximum violence. But I also like to see White, you know, nice and measured off the end of that jab. Um, and I think it's something that will serve him well as he maybe gets those, those top fights. And, and as he develops that jab, um, I think he becomes more and more and more of a tough fight for AJL Fury. Um, I'm not saying that he beats either of them at this current moment, but I think it's going to be a very, very important tool for him to use. That's a really good point, actually, because when you go through the levels, your boxing has to come into it and the fundamentals are key. So, yeah, kind of changing up that jab, mate, really good point. We'll, uh, we'll see how it kind of comes into use when he, when he steps up and goes past those guys. Just uh, quickly as well, some some other sort of uh, another development in, in the heavyweight scene we saw this weekend. John Fury was uh, uh, on BT Sport this weekend for the uh, for the uh, Lennox Clark Willie Hutchinson uh, fight, and he he basically said that um, you know he's not certain that, that Fury does box AJ this year, and further to that, he wants to see Fury box at least twice, uh, maybe even before he gets in into the ring with, with with Joshua. That's very disappointing news. I'm sure you can share my. Views on that, but what do you kind of make of make of that? And do you think that Tyson maybe does want to tune up? Uh, I don't know, mate, because there's so much to take from it. Really, you know, Tyson will say anything to get anyone kind of off off their seat, sitting on the edge. But at the same time, you can't expect the man to want tune ups when he's come out for three years out of the ring, box basically to nobody's come back and beat lot Drew with Wilder, but really we know he beat him. Um, so I don't think he actually cares about the chin-up fights, really. I mean, we've seen him get cold feet before when he's going to come back to, you know, defending his, defending his belts. He's never defended a belt before, uh, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I just, I feel like they're saying it for negotiation reasons that we don't know about. Because I don't think they're, they're fighting men, do you know what I mean, mate? I mean, they're both, I think they're both happy to get into the ring at any point. But one thing I will say is I think it's really clever from Eddie Hearn what he's doing. Because he was given so much shit when the Deontay Wilder-AJ fight fell through because apparently he didn't want the fight or he was keeping things under wraps. So now every single step of negotiations, Eddie's talking about it publicly. So when something does fall through, everyone knows it's not on matchroom side. I think that's his reasoning, which makes sense to me. Yeah, I think, I think that's a very interesting point. I hadn't really uh, considered that. But I also think that 
with all the comments we've seen recently from Fury about activity and inactivity specifically in, in combat sports, you know, in the, in the UFC as well, um, when he assessed Conor McGregor's fight, I think those are all really bad signs. Um, you know, who knows? He might he might give Otto Valin another go. Um, I could see that as a, as a potential. Steve Bunce actually mentioned that um, uh, today on, on his podcast on Five Live. And I, I just worry that, yeah, that, that Tyson's in that headspace where he doesn't think he's ready. Um, one thing I will say, though, is Andy Lee just posted a uh, Instagram story. I don't know if you saw it, Connor, but of um, Joe Parker and Tyson Fury in Tyson Fury's gym hitting the heavy bag. And I've got to say, Fury looked in tremendous shape. So all that talk of not training is, is for me, got to be a load of rubbish. I think we can only hope, can't we? And um, and we'll have to see, obviously, you know, that that 30 days we had for a venue is is, is still ongoing and, and we just got to keep our fingers crossed, don't we? That's it. As fans, we've just got to sit back and wait the announcement because uh, it's too big of a fight not to happen, whether it happens this year or next year, but let's hope it happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. Uh, well, look, Connor, um, as I said before, there, there was so much action to, to review this weekend and sorry out there for people that wanted to hear us review a bit more of it, but... Um, we're wishing, obviously, Carl Frampton well this weekend and, um, and looking forward to the zone card as well, which I mentioned, and, and, and we'll, we'll be catching everyone later next week to, to review those fights, won't we? Yeah, catch you later. And we'll also have a, a, an episode out later in the week with, uh, with Cruiserweight Nathan Forley. So that's exciting, something to keep an eye out for. But I'll see you in a bit, mate. Excellent. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers.